0: Daniel Carcillo looks terrifying, but what I most notice is that he looks like Sparta Cat, which is the mascot of the Ottawa Senators and is terrifying. It is this creature with stringy hair, which, who am I describing? I don't know. Maybe Sparta Cat, maybe Daniel Carcillo.
1: If you had just said creature with stringy hair, I would have guessed Carcillo. <laughs> But she went Sparta Cat. I've never wished that this was a video podcast more than right now, just so you could like quickly swipe in the side by side of these these two figures. How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Galagoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy.
0: Food for it shoot for it. uh kind of like it. Richard throws it
1: in front, Marlowe score! some swagger
0: push on to shove we're gonna get it done
1: this is for you kings fans wherever you may be hey everybody welcome to the things bud podcast i am chanel berlin and i'm diane fan and this is episode four last night we went to see the kings play the dallas stars at stable center and it was amazing it was in
0: direct contrast to the last game that we had attended, which was the the Rangers in the home opener. So we were quite pleased that they won and that it wasn't us jinxing them, and yeah. therefore
1: we could never go to a game again. We were definitely afraid that every game we were going to go to this season might be a disaster, but luckily that is not the case. So <laughs> once again,
0: this was, is with a two-game sample size.
1: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's right. That's cool. We right? We don't panic earlier. No, no, no. Um, so now the Kings have a 6-3-0 record. Andre Kopitar, leader in points with eight assists, no goals yet. So that's still a thing that we're waiting for. Although he had like a number of pretty good chances last night. apparently his um, Corsi numbers or his Lions Corsi numbers topped everybody. He was individually a plus eight, I believe. And the line overall for the entire game was a plus 21, which is insane. That's ridiculous. And he had, yeah, a few quality chances, including one that I think everybody in Staples was like, I can't believe that didn't.
0: There were actually a lot of shots where it was just like, I cannot believe that that didn't go in. Namely, every single one of Justin Williams' shots when he was trying to get
1: the hat trick. (laughs) They tried so hard for him, too. Um, Yeah, so, Kings win 5-2. Williams had two goals, including a power play goal.
0: Power play! It's not terrible! It may still be terrible on the road, who knows, but but at um, least there's a power play goal. It was on the books.
1: Kind of bizarre, too, I think, because of the fact that actually in the first few games, the power play was the thing that was sort of keeping the Kings in games. I mean, Quiggy was playing well, but not crazy amazing you know he wasn't saving everything he was still letting in like three or four goals but for the most part you know the power play helped them stay in games and then they went on that road trip and suddenly the power play was a disaster they went over 13.
0: it harkened back to the 2011-2012 season when i remember everyone being like oh no no no! we have a power play don't don't give it to us <laughs> we don't five. we don't want it let's four just go back five. to five on five yeah. because they were garbage <laughs> at the power play we saw hints of that again on this road trip, but I mean, hopefully this is a turning point. Who knows?
1: For the Kings, though, actually with the Stars, I think what helped the Kings a lot is they basically took the problems they were having on the power play, which was like gaining the zone and keeping the puck in the zone, and turned that on the Stars. They were, surprisingly, the defense did a pretty good job. So I think if they can, you know, use that, but then make, like for themselves, figure out how to get the puck in into the attacking zone and keep it there and cycle it for longer periods of time. Maybe we'll see some more power play goals.
0: The zone entry was a lot better.
1: Um, they kept it in the zone a lot. Yeah, both more. on the power play and I think even... even strike. Just in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was heartening too because of the fact that the defense has been pretty leaky so far. And I think it's frustrating to see because when you're a team that for the most part, like a huge part of your identity's foundation is still being defensively focused, it's... A huge problem, then, if it's a leaky defense. If stuff is just getting through constantly. Um, And I feel all three of the defensive pairings have had problems. Like, the top pairing includes Robin McGuire, which is just a problem constantly. Garbage. Um, And then Dowdy has, you know, for a few games was taking, like, dumb penalties, which is a thing he does at times. There is a really good pass that he made in
0: yesterday's game in that, he passed to literally the boards. <laughs> there wasn't a king there. There wasn't a star there. Zero play was happening in that era, and he just dumped it to the side of the boards, and everyone was like, whoa, what? All right, that and was then a, like, of a bunch made. of people just like turned and chased after it yeah. because I was like, oh, it's over here now, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you have Dowdy taking some crazy choices and doing things that don't really seem like they should fit with somebody who's supposed to be on your top D pairing. Um, and the, the other two defenseman pairings also have been having some struggles to so start. Voynov has been a little sloppy. Sutter had that quote where he said that he could have been more fit coming into training camp. So they've been playing him like a lot of minutes in the Nashville game. He played 25 over 25 minutes. So they're playing him a lot, trying to get him back up to speed. Willie Mitchell, of course was out all of last season and Matt Green was out for most of last season. He came back for the playoffs and he played against Chicago. But other than that, you know, he hadn't been around. So you have everybody a little bit off their game and handicapped and sort of struggling to get back to where they need to be for a team that's supposed to be supposed to be really defensively minded. And, and, You know, right now it's kind of strange because if that's such a big part of your identity and like the Kings have become more of a possession team, too, but they're still focused on being big bodied and defensive. And so when you have this leaky blue line, it it creates a lot of problems for a team. For Voinov in particular, he was sort of singled out kind of by the media because he was the one who got the big contract over the summer. And they asked uh, Dean Lombardi about it, but he wasn't worried. In fact, he said, quote, the way he handled his situation in terms of his contract, not even attempting to use Russia as leverage, even though they were offering him the world. I think that says how much he wanted to be here and be part of this team. The action itself tells you how much he cares. He'll figure this out. So I'm not really worried about any of them too much. I would like everybody to just sort of get going. The Dallas game has been good. So it was a good you know, indicator of what the Kings could do. But um, specifically about Voinov, I'm not worried about him at all. Diane, are you? Of course, you want him to start producing immediately. He's been
0: a little less aggressive than he has been in the past, um, kind of giving up on the backtrack or what have you. Yeah. yeah. But once again, we're now nine games into the season. So um, he had a big contract. Let him celebrate that. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm. there's no reason to be overly worried about Vinov quite yet, especially since he has two goals. Yeah. I mean, you'd like to see more of him defensively. And, I mean, I'll, I'll take the offensive output. But <laughs> I have faith in Voinov's abilities. Yeah,
1: I would probably be a little more worried if the rest of the team was somehow stellar and Voidoff was the one letting all of the pucks through. That will
0: never happen because Robin Regeer is still on this team. Yeah,
1: so uh, I think Voinov is getting it together, just like everybody else. Um, so I'm not... I'm not super worried about him at all. And I think his read seem to be getting a little better. Like he was perfectly positioned on in the na- the natural game that passed from Mike Richards, you know, calling Richards said he, you know, I heard Voinoff calling for the puck, so I passed it to him. <laughs> he had an amazing lane, you know, put the puck right in the net. So I think it's getting better. I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm on Lombardi's side with this one. <laughs> but that does sort of highlight how Voinoff now has two more goals than any King Center.
0: Because the King Centers have zero goals. Oh, no. There are
1: goalies
0: with more goals than centers. That is absolutely In the so. NHL right now. Yeah, so... Matt Green has more goals than
1: the Kings centers right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the centers not scoring goals would be a bigger problem if the Kings weren't 6-3 right now. To be fair to them, it's not like they're not trying. So you have Kopitar, Richards, Lewis, who's been playing center again, um, and Stoll. None of them have goals. Three of them have assists. Kobotar picked up three assists last <laughs> night, but um, no goals yet. Mike Richards has had a couple of breakaways in the last couple of games. No goals yet. Um, Stoles has some pretty, not any crazy high quality chances, but uh, some solid assists and whatnot. So they're producing. They're trying. They just haven't managed to score so far. And Lewis
0: doesn't have any points this season, but he's been very noticeable positively mm-hmm. he's been very quick he's been picking the puck he's been playing goalie so <laughs> props to Trevor Lewis he's trying
1: to make the uh, team USA so
0: hard he's had a couple of breakaway chances in multiple games mm-hmm. but just
1: hasn't been able to capitalize on it I, I feel like it's coming for all of them they'll eventually get goals it would nice it would be nice to see it happen sooner rather than later but um, it is something that everybody is noticing now even Justin Williams got first star last night, and Jim Fox was like, by the way, those centers, no goals, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Essentially. And Justin Williams was like, yeah, they do other stuff, though. Or they "They do so much more than score, which we know.
0: Um, But the Kings always, at the beginning of the season, it's kind of their MO to be a little bit uh, crazy, a little bit messy, kind of finding their footing. They're not usually one to have like a a winning streak at the beginning of the season, because they have all their, their stuff together. And I would rather them being... I would rather them be terrible now only to improve and um, be solid and make it to the playoffs than to be the San Jose Sharks, or at least in the past where they start off extremely strong
1: and then fizzle out and die. Yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit on the way to the game last night, and I was definitely like, you know, I would love to see them score lots of goals, but I would take that over being the Edmonton Oilers where it's like goals for days, no wins the very strong western conference plus the edmonton oilers. <laughs> but
0: at least you're not the flyers. That's true. Who currently have 2 points That's on true. this season? What you you
1: pointed out like even the New Jersey Devils. The had. New
0: Jersey Devils have 5 points. They have won a single they won their first game <laughs> last
1: night. So yeah, would much rather, would much rather be a team that makes it to the Western Conference final than a team like Edmonton at this point. And overall, I think uh, this is clearly the Kings strongest game, because even that Nashville game, it was pretty close. And I, you know, Nashville had edged them out and sort of defense and possession. They probably didn't deserve, if that's the word I want to use, deserve to win the Nashville game, but they did. And then of course, the game before that was that trash game um, against Tampa Bay. So both of those, let's not think about them that much this game at Staples was what I want to see from them going forward where they seem like a quicker team on top of being a team that's you know big and hits and whatnot um oh I forgot Daniel Carcillo had that fight as well which is uh (laughs) this game okay that's what I said to Diane afterwards like this game against Dallas had everything you know you got Lots of even strength goals, power play goals, a slightly fluky goal from Kyle Clifford, which is amazing. A fight from Daniel Carcillo, uh,
0: An across the rink, empty netter from Matt Green. Yeah. <laughs> um, the potential. Everyone was. Everyone was like half. Like everyone was squatting over their seats every time Justin Williams was near the goal. Yeah. Because people were trying so hard to get him that hat trick.
1: Please let this be it. Uh, so that was a cool thing that was happening. Uh, and it's crazy. So, you know, fact about this game. Williams had five shots on goal, scored twice. Meanwhile, our buddy Jeff Carter, six shots on goal, none of them went in. He had a couple of quality chances, and then he had the empty netter that went just wide. Not in the cards <laughs> for Jeff Carter last the night. The massive
0: groans that went throughout Staples Center every time um, he missed, because still forever noise whenever he has the puck and is racing towards the net and a couple of times he had kind of like slight breakaways everyone just expected him yeah. to score um kudos to the guy behind us he was like it's okay he's still handsome <laughs> we didn't say this we were thinking it but the dude behind
1: us said it out loud it, it was fine It's cool. Other people had it covered, but it was just really funny, especially after that empty net goal to then see Matt Green's goal from across the rink just like bouncing. Because of course that would happen to (laughs) Jeff Carter last night who couldn't catch a rink. Oh, there was another moment, speaking of having those chances and not capitalizing on them with Carter and with Kopitar, who again had a couple really strong opportunities that didn't turn into goals, is there was a moment that was almost Kopitar to Carter and a possible goal, which would have been amazing to me and also reminded me that Monday before the Tampa Bay game Daryl Sutter just for practice switched the lines up and put Kopitar and Carter on a line with King and then Mike Richards was centering Dustin Brown and Justin Williams it didn't turn into anything for a game but I've been thinking about it since then
0: I am excellent with them switching up lines if it creates goals yeah um, it's it's fun it's fun to watch them play together because mm-hmm. they're both so quick and kinda like sneaky and fast mm-hmm. with the puck that it's a lot of fun to watch. Right. Like in general, actually, whether or not they score goals, they have a lot of scoring opportunities and it's nice to watch them dance around um the other team, Kopitar, with his fantastic, like raw talent and natural mm-hmm. skill, Jeff Carter as well, but also with his kind of long reach and uh just kind of always being Around. I, I think that they're both people don't mention it about Jeff Carter a lot, but he is also an excellent two way forward. People always say that about Andre Kopitar, but watching Jeff Carter play defense is a treat. It, it's often overshadowed by his great wrister, his excellent scoring ability, especially now that he has goals and Andre Kopitar doesn't. So you kind of end up talking about the overall play of Andre Kopitar and not, you know, one particular thing. But Jeff Carter is excellent at defense and he has been very good at it. And so watching the two of them play. Um, together is a treat.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think for Jeff Carter too, to his credit, his defensive game is something that has improved over the years. Like I don't think he came into the NHL with that being a thing that people talked about with him, him being a strong two-way player or anything like that. But I think it's come around, like so much so that in one of the opening videos for the period, they included a highlight where Carter checked somebody pretty badly. So it's going, it's getting noticed.
0: But also they included a highlight of Robin Regeer
1: track- checking someone. So <laughs> but what does that say? <laughs> I, I don't know. I assume they had to search a lot harder for the Regeer highlight. But actually for me, I think what would almost be more exciting for just the type of hockey that I apparently love to watch is that second line, which was the Brown-Richards-Williams line, because Mike Richards is, I don't know, he's so fun to watch for me as a center when he's on because he is small for this team. I think he's the smallest person on the Kings and yet he's such a beast when he's on. And then of course Dustin Brown, very physical player. I think that line could be amazing to watch if they're all clicking at the right time. Justin Williams always manages to pull out those like fancy plays and like be the guy who sneaks in a goal you're not totally expecting. Last night being perfect examples of that. So that line would be crazy for me. I would have so much fun with it. I hope I get to see it at some point, though hopefully not in a panic situation.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Just uh, Dustin Brown and Mike Richards aggressively battling people twice their size yes. against the boards. And Ugh. then Justin Williams being like, do 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 goal. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I want to see it so badly. I would be so stoked about that line.
0: On the other hand, Jeff Carter and Andre Kopitar would be dancing around their opponents and Dwight King would be skating. (laughs)
1: Right? I don't know what Uh, he'd be doing. Dwight King. (laughs) He would stare other people into terror. That's true. And submission. Um, Yeah, Dwight King's purpose is to just clear some ice for Kopitar and Carter. He doesn't really need to do that much else. On that note, now that we've had four games since the last time we recorded a podcast, Diane, who of the Kings is probably the person you're most excited about? At this point, (laughs)
0: Carcillo. And I mean that with all my heart in that I came into the season being less than enthused that he was on the Kings, or at least slightly wary as to what would happen. But he scored a goal, had some fights that were entertaining and great, celebrated by himself on the bench, (laughs) to great enthusiasm. He's been very... Active mm-hmm. and very kind of responsible. He hasn't taken
1: a ton of dumb penalties. No, so far no. Which um, is pretty much what people expected from him when he came to this team. Like that, what he's that's what he's known for is how many penalty minutes he has. He's he's towed the. I mean, so far obviously he's toed the line pretty well
0: between being an absolute dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that.
1: That's fine. T- I think it's fair. <laughs> okay. I'm not offended. Okay.
0: He okay. He's been a good balance between being an absolute dick and being like responsible and yeah. helpful in the plays.
1: To that point, I think even his fight yesterday, it wasn't like really you're gonna do this now and ruin some stuff for the team. No, I, it was it was something that I think um, I don't know exactly how it got started that fight, but people were energized by it. It sort of served the purpose that a lot of people say fights are supposed to in games worked for the crowd yeah so it's been good so far and he's been offensively what i think lombardi said that he wanted him to be which was to add some energy to those lines whichever one he happens to be on and he's done that and he's been fun to watch for kings fans both in how he has managed to contribute and just also how he's a hilarious person to watch how exist. he
0: is i mean his nicknames are car Bomb, gorilla salad chico oh my god jesus hashtag chico hashtag chico he's been great yeah, Both on the ice and as a person.
1: I have already seen a Carcillo Kings jersey. Um, a friend of ours last night, uh, we were getting drinks before the game, mentioned that she saw somebody with a jersey that said Car Bomb 17.
0: And then on our way home, we were standing and waiting for the train and... We were listening to this group of Kings fans talk, and this one guy was like, I love Daniel Carcillo, Gorilla Salad. I will follow him to whatever team he plays on. Whatever I loved him when he was on the Flyers. on the. Bl- that is a player to follow <laughs> around, no matter what team they go on.
1: Lifelong Carcillo fan.
0: So I'm sure this guy in his closet has it's just like when he's choosing what to wear that day it's like, do I want to wear my Flyers jerse jersey? Do yeah. I want to wear my Blackhawks Crisolo
1: jersey? Do I want to wear my Kings Crisolo jersey? <laughs> I should have talked to that guy and asked him what specifically he loves so much about Cursolo. What What makes you follow Daniel Carcillo. Of all the players in the NHL, you're like, this is the one. I am dedicated. I am chaining myself to this dude. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think that's a strong pick for players to be excited about so far. Thank you. For me, it is Mike Richards. I don't know if you were able to tell how into Mike Richards (laughs) I am before now, but um, definitely Mike Richards. He came in kind of quiet on the season, but he is getting back into his element, and I think. That dude is very intense to um, recall Jem Fox's words about him. Uh, I agree. Grit and intensity. Deception might not have been a word that I chose, but I understand his reason. understood his reasoning for saying it uh, during the intermission in the Asheville game. He said, you think of deception when you think of Mike Richards because he's really good at psychic players out and keeping people guessing, which, okay, fine. Um, it sounded creepy when he said it, but
0: <laughs> I'll allow it. Many quotes when people are describing Mike Richards sound horrifically creepy.
1: He sounds like a terrifying person when people talk about If you about listen
0: him. to quotes out of, co- you're like, what are, who are they talking about? Oh, this is a hockey player that's on our team? Oh, okay.
1: Okay, cool. I guess that's those are good qualities right. to have. Not somebody who you should probably get a restraining order against. I, I got it. He's fun to watch, I think, because you can clearly see him thinking about it. We you know, when they, they set up for face-offs, he's always yapping at somebody about plays. If something happens that he doesn't agree with, he's always yapping at somebody and probably using a lot of curse words. He's so aggressive, he never gives up on a play. And that's one of
0: my favorite things to watch about him is that if he's got his man, he is not giving up on that. Yeah. And And he um, will muscle his way
1: like against that person, towards the puck, whatever. Yeah. It's phenomenal to watch. In the Panthers game, Mike Richards, you know, that whole play where he was battling behind the net. He tried to pass, I think, to Carter whoever was else on the ice. I'm assuming it was Carter. I don't know off the top of my head right now. But he tried to pass it. It got blocked and came back behind the net. So he, he kept the play alive, kept working at it, and eventually had that no-look pass to Carcillo, who scored. It was prime, you know, Mike Richards' behavior, <laughs> basically, on the ice. And the reason why I like watching him play, because of the fact that he's clearly always trying to think about the next move, sets up passes like that. The pass to Voinoff, the same thing. It was sort of a fake shot into a pass. I, don't, I can't give Mike Richards all the credit on that because actually Kyle Clifford was the person who checked somebody up against the boards to get, you know, have some time to try to work the puck free. Carter came in to support, passed it to Richards, who passed it to Winoff. It was great. And I just think, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I really want Mike Richards to get a goal. I'm stoked that he's had two breakaways, but clearly he's not the breakaway guy. So if he could just get a goal in some other way, then it would be amazing to see.
0: I'm always excited when there's a breakaway, but then you see what player has the breakaway, and you're like, mm, <laughs> well, okay. I don't know about that
1: one. <laughs> yeah, maybe we
0: can calm down. Now that we're kind of fully immersed in the season, um, I'm glad that LA is on board with all of the hashtag, we are all Kings yeah. billboards
1: that are littering the city. Yeah, at first I didn't realize, well, the first time they did that at Staples, the We Are All Kings thing, I didn't realize it was going to be an ongoing campaign. Then I was like, mm, not sure about this. But actually the documentary clips and stuff they've posted have been great. And then these billboards, I don't know if you've seen them around town or um, you know posted people sharing them on the internet, but there are these giant billboards that say We Are All Kings with different photos of the players. Um, I pass one of Jonathan Quick on my drive to work all the time and... You know how I feel about Jonathan Quick, so <laughs> it's great. It puts me in a great mood for the morning. Um, and I passed by a Dowdy one on my way home, and it's fun as well. I like seeing them. They make me excited when I see it because it's like, oh, Los Angeles actually cares about this hockey team, even if it's just a marketing campaign. I don't know.
0: It's but, fine. Yeah. It,
1: it's I like to see the Kings celebrated. Yeah, me as well. They they uh they make, I get excited every time I see them around. Hey, guess what? The
0: Kings are a good team. They LA. Are. listen up. They are you know, so i'm I back that 100 percent. Also, side note: uh keeping tabs on former kings on other teams, Dustin Penner, yeah, down the road um, from us in Anaheim, currently has two goals and two assists. We are 10 10-ish games in, and he has already surpassed his goal. Or, or matched it, uh, or matched his uh, his goal output from the King season last year. Yeah,
1: two regular season goals. I think he technically had 14 assists last season, but still two goals, and he's already matched those two goals with the Ducks. All right, okay, damn Thanks it, for that. damn it, Dustin Penner. <laughs> Even more surprising, in some ways, I think, is uh, Brad Richardson, who signed with the Canucks, and he so far has three goals and two assists. Brad Richardson had 1 goal last season. He also spent a lot of time scratched, just to make a note of that. But still, 3 goals already, and I think 2 of them have been shorthanded goals, which is crazy. So, congratulations on being an asset to someone else.
0: <laughs> that makes me sad. <sighs> Not that I don't wish players that leave the Kings well. Yeah. But when they leave, I want them to be garba- to be garbage for a little while <laughs> because like I don't want them to immediately Flourish on another team. Yeah,
1: mostly because in my head, then it turns into this hilariously ridiculous thing where I'm like, maybe it's just, you know, when you come to Los Angeles, you catch this infection where you can't score goals. <laughs> and then when you leave, you can score them again. <laughs>
0: forever, forever a 2-1 game with the Kings. <laughs>
1: yeah. no. We don't score goals here, friends. <laughs> but But again, again, I would rather have a low scoring team that makes it to the playoffs than one that scores a lot of goals and doesn't, but still... If maybe those two players could have scored more goals while they were on the Kings, that would have been nice as well. I'm just saying.
0: But then we have Daniel Carcillo now. Oh, so we're fine. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm pleased. I have never said those words before. We have Daniel Carcillo, and I am happy. We have Daniel Carcillo. Everything's fine.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, thank God. Daniel Carcillo. Big head and dunk. Sure, he's okay. Uh, There's no question that this one's a penalty. A large
0: five-minute major penalty power play for the Kings. So after all of the fuss that we made about that horrible Quickie goal that was let in during the home opener, I guess it's it's time for the goalies to shine Mm -hmm. in very bizarre
1: ways. Uh, I like to think of it as um, shout out to Shane and Naomi who uh, pointed this out to us on Twitter. Quickie is really just a trendsetter congratulations to him for just getting that ball rolling across the nhl
0: people are just following they just want to do what the la kings do yeah. it's a hot new thing
1: yeah so bernier was yeah. like hey quickie old friend you let in a weird goal i'm gonna let in a weird goal it was uh it was it was really weird because i think he said he thought it was going to be icing but even still like the puck hit the boards bounced off of his skate and then went like deflected into the goal it was still a weird thing to see even if that hadn't actually counted as a goal because they'd whistled it down of all the bounces it was very very strange uh this actually happened last weekend but it was after we recorded luongo had that weird thing as well the player was trying to clear the puck kind of fanned on it or didn't get enough power on the shot and it, like, sort of bobbled between the Wongo skates and then into the goal.
0: Well, he actually threw... uh, It was Dan Hamuse under the bus um, about it because he should have had it. Mm -hmm. And
1: instead, it just tipped right into the the Canucks goal. So apparently it's just like a thing just moving through the NHL goalies. I'm glad now that the Kings were first and it's out of the way. Feel bad for whichever goalie it is at the end of the season whose team misses the playoffs because of a very strange goalie goal. Was Bernier's own goal... That was the one that lost them the game, Oh yeah, yeah. It ended up being the game winner for Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, Um, a rough time for... Goalies out of the King system. What's up?
0: On the flip side, goalies are also scoring goals because they don't do enough already. Mm. And last night in the game against the Red Wings, the Wings had pulled their goalie, empty net. Mike Smith whips a real fast one. Yeah. um, Real quickly across the ice and scores
1: unassisted. Right, yeah. A goal. We heard about it, I think, on the way home from the Dallas game. And. We were thinking it was gonna be like the one that like Bourdieu got last season where it was sort of like a weird bounce and the goalie just happened to be the last person to touch it. But actually that Mike Smith goal was legit. <laughs> that was a real shot that he flipped up and aimed towards the net. I can't stand Mike Smith, but that goal was awesome. That goal was good. I like that a lot.
0: <laughs> Back to Philly goalies, Flurry oh, yeah. who had a shot right in essentially right in his chest, right in the logo, bounced up. Didn't see the puck. You can see him kind of like, Where did it go? Where is this thing? And oh, do you know where it is? It's behind you and in the goal. Yeah,
1: that was so unfortunate. I think because of the fact that he technically had made the save, but because it popped up and it could have gone on top of the net, but no, it just fell in that like little slot of space over the goal line. So unfortunate for Marc Andre Fleury, as uh, somebody wrote about. Possibly it was on Yahoo. Um, something to tell his sports psychologist about. <laughs> At some point, I'll stop being amused by Mark Andre Fleury's sports psychology.
0: I mean, good for him because it's like it's working. He's yeah. doing a good job, but it's just amusing. Yeah, because in my head, I he's always completely dressed in his entire goalie <laughs> right. pads.
1: He's definitely still in gear. like still
0: in gear, laying on um, a fainting couch, <laughs> just being like, "Yeah, it just bounced off my logo, and I don't know." I don't know where my head was, and, you know, what have you. And some old man with elbow patches smoking a pipe is like, tell
1: me more. That's definitely how I picture it. (laughs) Tell me more, Marc-Andre Fleury. (laughs) We mentioned this already, but um, just to, you know, bring it back into focus, New Jersey Devils, uh, well, we mentioned their points, that they have five points. Part of that is because they finally won their first game against the New York Rangers, who continue to be total and complete embarrassing garbage. Um, with the exception of that time they played the Kings, just what's that out there. I'm still bitter about it. So yes, <laughs> So yeah, they they shut them out for nothing. Congratulations, I guess, to them. Sure. I mean, to be
0: fair, the Rangers haven't played a home game yet and maybe they need to like
1: regroup a little bit. They've been on the road this entire time. And uh so Longquist like, has had a couple strong games and then Some like these, where it seems like he lets in a bunch of stuff and the Rangers just can't keep it together um, to score anything to help keep them in the game themselves. So, and on top of that, for the moment, I think they technically recalled somebody to be their backup goalie, but that guy hasn't played yet. And as we learned this morning, Marty Barone, who they put on waivers and were going to send back to the AHL, has retired. Sadness.
0: That's real depressing. And I, I love the person who is like, or I love Ryan Lambert, who is just like, Tomas Hertl, look what you've done. <laughs> yeah. You have sent a, a goaltender into retirement.
1: Yeah, Tomas Hertl is having a crazy start to his season. It's kind of amazing and unfortunate for Marty Riordan, like that. That's the last thing that you ever did in, in the uh, NHL was watch Thomas Tomas Hertl like score that crazy goal on you. <laughs> You're a footnote in that uh, that game with Tomas Hurtle doing that behind or between the legs yeah. goal. I've been surprised. I think this also sort of goes in hand in hand with the thing about like how many suspensions there have been so far this season, but also like a lot of players in general who've gotten hurt pretty pretty badly and left on stretchers. Most recently, Dan Boyle, who um, was boarded and you know people thought was like literally paralyzed for a second because he would not move. Yeah, he's and fine in that physically, but um, still pretty roughed up.
0: And that's. Kind of a typical thing where, um, you know, you get boarded, you get stretched off. I mean, not typical, but that's to be expected. But uh, Jacob Truba's face first into the boards was just a a weird check, uh, tripping over um, someone else's feet and just right into the boards. And didn't move for quite a while. Finally gave the thumbs up as he was being stretched off the ice to thunderous
1: applause. Mm -hmm. Um, he sent out a tweet after that was yeah, just like, you yeah. know, letting people know that he was okay. And by the way, if he didn't know, the boards are not edible. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: I mean, obviously he's in good spirits and he's fine, but it's still scary to see.
1: Yeah, I think it was talked about, or might have just been announced, at least I heard about it this morning, that Danny Rear has a concussion now. Mm-hmm. So it's rough so far. I mean, the game is so fast. It's, like, it's interesting because they implemented something like hybridizing to do something about how fast the game is, and it turns out that even when you have something like that, still plenty of room for people to get hurt because the game is so fast and hockey's just
0: a dangerous game it's, yeah <laughs> you're skating on blades mm-hmm. you have blades strapped to
1: your feet yep I'm sorry that I want to meanly just be like, but you know who hasn't been in danger? And that was Dan Ellis last night when he covered his face instead (laughs) of...
0: Yeah, that screenshot of um, (laughs) Dan Ellis waiting for Clifford's shot. And you you only know it's Dan Ellis because you read that he's in goal. You can't see him because his entire glove is covering his face. I... Don't think that's how you
1: stop goals. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's like the worst way to end talking about the seriousness of players being carried off on (laughs) a That's all I can think about. So that's where we're going to end, I think. Uh, It was a good game yesterday. We have to end (laughs) on a happy note. Yeah. So that's all I got. Diane, do you have anything else you want to mention before we go? Usually I do. I don't today. No parting shots. No parting shots. Well, we will catch you guys next week then. Thanks for listening. Hopefully the Kings will continue to win for us between now and when we record next.
0: I would like to see that. Please let us not lose to the Calgary Flames when the other uh, California teams have already beat them. Yeah, I
1: would like to not have that be a trend this this season. So go Kings. Don't disappoint me. I will cry on this microphone. Cool. Great. Everybody have a great night. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)